When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. The last word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. As we told you in yesterday's show, the Burt is back. The former Taoiseach, the former leader of Fianna Fáil, the man who was known as the Teflon Taoiseach until such stage as the mud did stick to him and he resigned from his party in some ignominy is now readmitting himself or reapplying to be readmitted to Fianna Fáil, all for a €20 fee, which of course led to a lot of jokes yesterday about what he'd be paying in cash, uh, given the circumstances of his downfall originally. Indeed, we've had a few people just texting in, asking how he's going to get into the GA games now in future if he can't play cash at the gate. Michael Clifford is with a special correspondent with the Irish Examiner and the co-author of a book well over a decade ago now, which Coleman, a book called Bertie Ahern and Drumcondra Mafia. Michael, thank you very much for joining us here on The Last Word of Today FM. You and I have both written extensively in books about Bertie Ahern, but remind people, what was it about his personal finances that led him into trouble at the Mahan Tribunal and led to him quitting Fianna Fáil just before he was about to be kicked out? Yes, Matt, thanks for having me. Um, Bertie Hearn, of course, was the Taoiseach when the Mahan Tribunal, uh, or the Flood Tribunal, as it originally was, the chairman was Judge Fergus Flood, and he, the chair, uh, sorry, in 1997, it was set up under Bertie Hearn's government, initially to investigate a colleague, and relatively close colleague of Mr Hearn's, Ray Burke. Now, it immediately expanded out from there because people had suspected for decades there was planning corruption and it had never been properly investigated and suddenly it was being properly investigated. Um, Alan Mahan was appointed a judge and took over from Flood in 2 became the Mahan Tribunal. Now, one strand of the inquiries it made was into various developments that were started in West Dublin and they were initially developed by a Cork developer, Owen O'Callaghan. And an allegation surfaced that Mr. O'Callaghan had paid Bertie Ahern, among others, money for favours, effectively, what people know as a bribe. Now, Bertie Ahern has always denied that, and it should be pointed out that the tribunal did not specifically say that he had received one. They said that, that people had said that along the way and had given evidence to that effect, but they did not say that he received a corrupt payment. In any event, when the tribunal began investigating that, and like all its work, it basically followed the money it suddenly discovered that there was an awful lot of money flowing into and out of Mr. Ahern's possession. And I say possession because in some instances, Matt didn't even have a bank account, as we know, when he was Minister for Finance. That arose. Um, 
And ultimately, this amounted in totality to around £160,000, about €200,000, which he could not account for. Hang on, did he not win it at the horses? He realised at the very late stage he won some of it at the horses. But there was other colourful uh, sources as well. One was a, a whip-around, which occurred. He was a big Man United fan. He frequently went to matches. But apparently after one Man United match, there was a kind of a dinner where he stood up and gave a few words about the economy. Nothing specific now because he was Minister for Finance. So just general old talk, lads, about things are flying. And there was what was called a whip-around from afterwards because Apparently, the Minister of Finance time was down his luck. It should be pointed out, to be fair to him, he had marital difficulties at the time that resulted in his marriage breaking up and, and all the financial fallout from that. But this is a whip round. No, it's, it, it was never clear whether the hat that went around to that was metaphorical or whether one of these gents had a hat and they put it around. But he, even in that, there was contested versions because he claimed about two-thirds of what was collected and it ran into tens of thousands, I think, was in Irish punts at the time, whereas the tribunal, I think, determined it was all in sterling. There was also, that, that was the whip around, there was also the dig out, which was a different thing. Yeah, sorry, it's was, great. Make sure, you know, you differentiate between the whip around <laughs> and the dig out, will you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, the dig out now was from alleged friends as opposed the people who were in there having a few points with their dinner after a Man United match over in Manchester. Um, the, the dig out was among, I think it might have been a dozen people who were nominated as friends and one of them went around to the other saying that Bertie was having a bit of financial difficulties, could they throw a few bob his way? And this was collected. Now, an issue arose there when one of them, um, I think it was a Mr. O'Connor who, who was a stockbroker, gave evidence that he had given money, I think, under the understanding there was a political donation and that he wouldn't have classified himself as a friend giving Mr. Hearn a dig out. And that became an issue for Bertie Hearn afterwards. And I have to that say... That was Porrick O'Connor of NCB yeah. stockbrokers. No, no, and nobody questioned Mr. O'Connor's evidence. I think he was given the full OK by the tribunal. So that became an issue there as to whether or not there was a dig out as such. There was also an issue about sterling and dollars and there was a situation at one stage for himself and, and his partner at the time, Celia Larkin, drove into a bank in, in O'Connell Street and deposited some money to out others. Somebody colourfully and, and not with direct intent kind of described it as a Bonnie and Clyde operation when it was going into the bank and the other sitting in the car. Now, now obviously he was not suggesting they were robbing banks or anything. No, but there but was 30 grand involved if I remember in that particular transaction, there was, wasn't there? 25, 25 or 30, something around that uh, and, you know, all of this was going on and there was money coming in and there were these explanations. And as you said, at, at, towards the end of it, one explanation was winning it on the horses. And, uh, and another, in another instance, by the way, a man who was his landlord, Michal Wall, arrived over from England, where he, I think he was a builder, on the boat. And he, he had a pile of cash in his car, something like 20000 as well, which had something to do with Mr. Hearn's rent or, or something towards a deposit for a house. So you, you had all this money coming in and the explanations, and the tribunal ultimately said they didn't accept the explanations were truthful. But they and, didn't you know, say he had done anything corruptly in return no, for the money, did it? absolutely not. They, what they did say was that they accepted evidence from people who had suggested that Ono Callaghan had told various people that he had been told when he arrived in Dublin he had to take care of certain politicians and Mr. O'Callaghan alleged to these people that one of those was Bertie Ahern, but that was never established or stood up. And the tri- as you said, the tribunal did not 
rule that he, he accepted any corrupt, corrupt payment. But it did rule that his explanations were untruthful. And you have a hell of a lot of money being received by a senior politician for which there has been no ultimate explanation. Okay, he's quite sensitive about it, hasn't he been? He was about to be drummed out of Fianna Fáil by Micheál Martin, but he jumped first. And then there's been said that there has bad relations which have eased in recent times, particularly where Micheál Martin has been looking to Bertie O'Hearn for help in relation to the protocol and other issues in Northern Ireland, where he's still regarded highly for his role in the signing of the Good Friday Agreement. But just to give an example of his sensitivity in relation to the circumstances of his resignation, this is an interview that he was conducting for the German public broadcaster Deutsche Welle in 19, sorry, 2018. It has been conducted by the journalist Tim Sebastian and uh, just have a listen to what happened when the journalist asked Bertie Hearn about the circumstances of his resignation. In the years since the Good Friday Agreement your own fortunes have been mixed in 2012 you resigned from your party after a public inquiry said you lied about the source of substantial sums of money that you'd received. You said you'd go and clear your name. Did you clear your name? Yes I did. I'm quite happy I cleared my name. Because the tribunal never reversed its decision. No, I mean, the tribunal, the tribunal g- gave its views. Uh, the tribunal gave its views. They said you weren't uh, truthful. No, they gave, they gave its views and I gave my evidence. Uh, and I, I gave my evidence and I, 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 I was very happy with my evidence and I was very happy with the situation that, that I gave and the tribunal is over and it's reported. But do you understand why they thought... Yeah, I do. I, I, I do. I've dealt, I, I've, dealt, I've dealt with that issue and I'm not saying any more about that issue. I've dealt with it comprehensively. A finance minister without a I've bank de- account. I, I have dealt with all those issues comprehensively. I'm not dealing with them again. You're somebody who wants to, to come back maybe as, as president. These, uh, these are issues that are be, in the public for, domain. That'll be for another day. That'll be for another day. For a senior politician who was always to avoid not only impropriety, but the appearance I've given, of impropriety. I've, I've, I've given my total views on that issue, and I'm not going to add to them. Let me talk about the, the crash, the economic crash. Yes. The tribunal verdict on you came can I just, four ex- years. Can I just explain for a minute to, to you? Why you don't uh, want to talk about no, these no, things? No, I, no, I want to tell you. I, want, I, I agree to meet you on the Good Friday Agreement. We've done that, so we're finished. Thank you very much. And with that, he got up and walked out, which is interesting on a whole number of fronts there, Michael Clifford, because he was asked about the presidency. He didn't rule it out. And there's a lot of people thinking that that's what the end game here might be, that Fianna Fáil would nominate him in 2025 and would try and sell him on the basis of the architect of the Good Friday Agreement, the Taoiseach who sold it. But will that fly if he refuses to answer questions about his finances? I don't think so, Matt. Um, I, I should say, don't, to be fair to him, in terms of the Good Friday Agreement, look, a lot of people are involved and it happened, but in terms of Bertie Hearn's role, a couple of things. His capacity as a negotiator, his, 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 his ability to, to realise and to be very conscious that the person on the other side of the table needs to get something from negotiations, and particularly his capacity to suppress his own ego uh, in order to achieve greater things. All of those uh, goes to his credit, and he has, to be, he has to get credit for what was one of the major contributions to, to, to getting that over the line. Having said that, I don't think, in terms of the presidency, that that will wash to the extent that 
if we look at any presidential election, the issue that has come to the fore is character. Uh, or rightly or wrongly, I'm not saying that's the way it should be, but that's, that, that's the way it has developed. And inevitably, this aspect of it is going to come up. And if he hasn't given an, explana- an explanation that holds water, any explanation even, before now, I can't see how one would suddenly appear if he was running for president. But could there be a couple of things in relation to that? What is it? Do people really care as much as they perhaps should about that issue? Because all of these financial questions were hanging over his head at the time of the 2007 general election and Fianna Fáil got back into power. People decided they wanted Bertie Ahern back in. Now, there were further revelations subsequently, but there were major clouds hanging over his head at that time. And the issue with a lot of people are getting in contact with the programme now about that they cannot forgive him for was the mishandling of the economy during his time as Taoiseach, which led to the crash very soon after he got out, but maybe he saw the writing at the wall and gave a hospital pass to Brian Cowan getting out in the middle of 2008 when it was becoming clear that the you-know-what was about to hit the fan. Very true. I mean, you know, like, his selling point, or what did I say, the, the, the USP, his unique selling point, what, what was would have been, apart from the Good Friday Agreement, he was a, a, an outstanding politician in the, in, in the business of politics, not in the business of government, in that he won three general elections and, you know, he proved to be extremely popular. He had that common touch, allied to an ability to grasp detail and all that sort of thing. As you say, though, that all blew out the window with the retrospective view of what went on, particularly between '04 and '07, when public spending went through the roof on the back of what most people view as an attempt to buy the next election and that really took chickens came home to roost in relation to that afterwards so that also will go against them but you ask about the and, and the other thing Matt sorry in terms of the 07 election what occurred there and I remember it well because I've been covering this stuff closely journalists such as myself were aware of the detail and, and tried to convey it but it hadn't crystallised yet and what ultimately happened is the public got fed up of hearing about it and they wanted people to concentrate on the issues. But what was inevitable, and I could see this at the time even, was that once he had to go in and give evidence in the months that followed, his goose was cooked. Okay, Um, but there's one other thing I want to bring up with you. You know, the balance sheet, that if you have all of these liabilities on his personal balance sheet... What about the assets? What about the fact that maybe it's that you say the Good Friday Agreement achievements, might they outweigh those things that he got wrong? Could it be that even if you don't agree with that, that there is only so long that you need to punish somebody for for their mistakes or their misdeeds and that he has been out of Fianna Fáil, a party which he led, which was his life, for 11 years. So... You know, you don't. You nearly serve only thirteen years for murder. He didn't kill anyone, did he? No, absolutely good point, Matt. And in relation to that, in terms of rejoining Fianna Fáil, absolutely, a case can be made. The man shouldn't be a pariah for the rest of his life. Why shouldn't he join a party that he'd served since I think he was a teenager? No question. However, in relation to the presidential election and the public's view, you look back at people. For example, candidates like Mary Davis, a person massive contribution, and you talk about uh, the credit and, and debit. In that person's uh, credit and debit, she was hugely, hugely in credit. Yes, I can't even remember the, the, 
irrelevant kind of stuff that was dragged up in that campaign. And she wasn't the only one, the likes of David Norris as well and others. And ultimately, in that kind of scenario, when you're dealing with something like the presidency that is about, I don't know, people's views of the cut of a jib of, of a candidate rather than any great record at administration or politics or anything, in that scenario, it strikes me as being very difficult to see how he would get past something like this. Michael Clifford, special correspondent with the Irish Examiner. Thank you. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.